Hello everyone and welcome back to the Tough Love Terry podcast. I am jazzed to bring you my friend Elizabeth Zimmerman today. Elizabeth is a boudoir photographer, a mama to two really cool awesome kids, and just an all-around beautiful human being. Um, Elizabeth came to uh, my body image boot camp so she's become a body image boot camp facilitator as well as has attended a lot of my uh, photography workshops in the past and I just always love to see how she empowers and strives really hard to build up the confidence in her kids who are both uh, neurodivergent and yeah just does a really amazing job and I figured it would be something really beneficial for everyone to listen to and so without further ado uh yeah let's just get into the juicy conversation Before we fully jump in, I want to take a moment to remind you of the Beyond the Body member site. This is a space where I share daily different writings, uh, sometimes voice notes, and beautiful things to live an intentional, empowering life. Uh, so it's only $8 a month, and it does help to uh, facilitate this podcast, which is amazing. But more importantly, it allows you to get to know me on a whole different level than what you normally would see on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, While I share quite a bit of myself on those platforms, this one goes even a little bit deeper. And so this is specifically for folks who are looking for an intentional, and I use that word because it just doesn't happen across your newsfeed. You do have to log in, you do have to show up, and you do have to engage with the content. Uh, But we have monthly challenges and really fun things to help you just become more self-aware and empowered and you know get closer to body and self-love which is obviously my jam so check it out you can head to the website terryhoffer.com and click on the beyond the body member sign up and just see what it's all about all right let's get into the episode everyone and welcome back to the tough love terry podcast i have my friend elizabeth here with me today and i have known elizabeth for years now uh like at least seven years because that's when i think i started boudoir so that's kind of when i found you um or you found me i can't even remember i think uh was it the uh confident curves workshop was that the first time we met i think so oh and wppi we sat beside each other at that dinner Yes. yes before before confident curves it was the year before yes. when I just came to WPPI and was like what is this thing That's um, right stuff. yeah so, so it was seven years that I think that was 2015 ish yeah yeah because that That's would be right. that would be about right for my like photography career so yeah so it just feels like we've been friends forever um yeah. and Elizabeth is the person that signed up for body image boot camp and literally a week before uh she was set to leave she's like where am I flying into <laughs> uh, and she has finally followed me ever since around the world <laughs> and it's like wait what are we staying in <laughs> just tell me where to go and I'll show up I don't care where it is as long as Terry's there I'm good it's amazing and I love it so much um so yeah so Elizabeth if you want to give everyone kind of a rundown as to how like who you are what you do what you love uh what you're passionate about 
Okay, sure. Um, my name is Elizabeth Zimmerman, and I um, I am a boudoir photographer, a body image activist, um, a mama, um, gosh, a music lover, a chips and queso lover. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I am definitely passionate about the work that I do with women and connecting with them through my camera. Um, but I'm also really passionate and, and Terry has helped me so much in kind of really shaping and defining my understanding of body neutrality and body image. And so I'm really passionate about that for my own self, but also for my, for my two kids, my son and my daughter. Um, and so that for sure is a huge, huge thing for me in teaching them kind of how we should, you know, be a little more neutral about our bodies and accepting and just loving each other and being good people so yeah and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast as you know I don't have any kids at all ever and uh, one of the things I'm constantly in awe of because not only do you um, like do I get to see how you parent your kids like online but you're like so open about both the struggles and the honesty that comes um, with it because both your kids are neurodivergent correct yes um and you yourself though previously used to be a special ed is that what it was called uh teacher yes and so you have like the this whole skill set that kind of like you are so open about sharing with people about the process but not just the good like not just the good stuff like you literally are so honest about it and that's something that I just always I'm like oh (laughs) I love that I love that well it's it's interesting because I really see like social media Facebook Instagram as kind of this like scrapbook right and like typically people will include the wonderful great things in their scrapbook because it's a scrapbook so like you're putting your pretty stuff but I think it's really deceiving and really um there's a lot of pressure that is put placed on um observers Mm. that that they need to reach some kind of like pedestal standard of, of parenting mm. and it's just not real like we we struggle really really hard like people that do not have kids and that have chosen to not have kids like you I um am so in awe and proud of you for making that decision because you're not bringing someone into into this world that you that you know what I mean like it, yeah. it's like you really should fucking want this if yeah. you're doing it because it is horrific and it is beautiful and it is awful and it is gross and it is amazing yeah. and so you it's know complex as hell I was oh, like I parented yeah. my sister's kids for four days and I almost came undone so like yes. I was like when I came home finally Ryan's like are you okay and I was like no, no I'm so <laughs> tired but also I'm gonna miss them like I don't know what the <laughs> oh my god and you're so was, right like, such a mess I was like I don't know what way is what up happened right yes four days so I cannot imagine um yeah. how strong that com- like how strong that complexity is and how yeah how frustrating it must like it's almost frustrating that it's like but you're so fucking cute yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. oh god it's so true it's so true oh go ahead I was just gonna say the funny um idea and like thought process that happens as a new parent when you're like the baby's finally asleep and you can relax but you're like 
but I, but I miss them. I want to see them. I want to wake them up to play with them. But then you don't realize like, but they're not going to like, just play. They're going to be. They're going to be little lumps of sand. <laughs> little, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's so true. Though. Oh, awesome. So talk to me a little bit about um, like Utah was diagnosed with uh, Tourette's, correct? Yeah. Um, so that's something that you have obviously not just you have been open about, but you have also encouraged Utah to share um, his perspective and his journey yeah. to help other kids. And like, that to me is like, the biggest thing I see that you do is you role model that for them. Like, because oh, yeah. you, because it's one thing to tell him like, yeah, share your story, but also you also are sharing with the parents. So like he can connect yeah. with the kids yeah. and you are able to connect with the parents on the reality of the situation. Not just like, this is how we're like, you know, everything's fine. It's fine. Everything's great. It's like, no, we had a hard day today is like sometimes what you'll write or with Ani, same kind of thing. So let's talk about Utah for a minute. Like when you went through that process with his diagnosis, how old was he when? So he, when he finally got his diagnosis of Tourette's was the first one, it was at eight years old or no, he was seven, um, like three weeks away from becoming eight. Mm. And that's actually, it's pretty interesting. So boys are more diagnosed than girls. It's usually between five and eight years old. So he was right there. And um, we got the diagnosis and immediately I went into like, okay, so how can we teach you, Utah, to accept it as this thing about you, this factual thing about you, and then, like, let's research and figure out what this is, because I do have that sped, that special ed background, but, but it's weird, like, Tourette syndrome, I really didn't know anything about, like, autism, got it, Down syndrome, got it, you know, all of those kind of things, but Tourette's was, was pretty, um, uh, unknown to me. And so I was kind of like, holy shit, what, what do I do? What is this? Mm. And so we started researching and found nothing from kids for him to like watch and see at the time. Oh. And this is like before TikTok was a thing. And there are a lot of TikTokers that are tickers. <laughs> they yeah. call it the, you know, tickers. And so um, we didn't really have access to that. And so I was like, man, I have information from parents, from, you know, neurologists, from teachers, but I see nothing on here from the actual kids. And so that's where, and actually a fellow boudoir photographer, Courtney, reached out to me and she was like, hey, do you think Utah could... I don't know, like speak about this or, or something like that, share his story. And it was just like, we were at the time looking for kids input. Yeah. And then Courtney was like, what about Utah? And I was like, boom, of course, like, why yeah. didn't I see this? And so that's kind of what we started was a little blog, a, you know, kind of, it's called through Utah's eyes. And it's basically like what he has to say about everything and kind of what my perspective is to going through the diagnoses and all of that kind of stuff. And so he did in... I guess he was in third grade. He like made a little presentation and we recorded it and, and we did it. Um, we were at a little, you know, French restaurant bakery um, recording his little thing that he made on to put online. And then, then he wanted to do it for his class so that his classmates could understand oh, nice. because of the little noises and the grunts and the faces he made were yeah. kind of weird to them or annoying to them even. And so he wanted to kind of shed some light on like, here's why I'm doing this. I can't help it when I sniff my nose 10,000 times a minute. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it really brought them into his world. And, and he's at a really amazing charter school where they, you know, kind of start in kindergarten and go through 12th grade basically together. And, um, and so they all know about his Tourette syndrome and they, it's not a thing. He's not embarrassed. He's 
I don't, I wouldn't say he's proud to talk about it, but like, he's just totally even it's neutral. Like, yeah. it is just just like what, this the reality. Is. Yeah. And I think like, that is like one of the best ways to instill confidence. And, and this is like, well, my values are like education and empathy because I believe education can lead to empathy. Um, and that's okay. exactly what you did for him was say like, let's learn about this first for you. So you can be empowered to like decide how you want to like what you want to do with the information and then giving him an outlet like a blog or videos or things like that even if they weren't even shared like even just giving him a space to be able to talk about it I think is powerful but then he he gave permission to share as well correct yes absolutely and so like and then he'll see the impact that that has on other kids. And that obviously is going to fill up his, cause he's like the sweetest kid ever. Just so everyone knows. Yeah. Like, I remember yeah. like, like from before when I knew you, like when he, he was like, it was a wee little one. Like he was always the softest heart. Yes. Always. Yes. And yes. so like, yeah. So that is like part of his service. I would say yeah. he's definitely going to be a child of service. I think uh, you're absolutely way. right. Yeah. And you know, what's so funny. And because I just think that that's, this is how it should be. Like you should advocate for yourself. That's something that inherently should be a thing that we do. Um, what's funny is I've actually had some very, very minimal, but like backlash on like, you shouldn't, sh- you know, you shouldn't make him share that. Or, you know, like we did one video where he was sharing his, his latest tics. Cause he was having, you know, the, with uh Tourette syndrome and the tics, it, it really waxes and wanes. So you can mm. have like a really good day, really bad day, really good month, really bad month, year, you know? And so he was having a really intense kind of few weeks of so many facial tics and neck tics where he was like sore and that kind of thing. And he made a video explaining what they looked like and, and that kind of thing. And, and um, I remember having a mom specifically reach out to me and she was like, this is you know, kind of like you're putting him on display as if I'm making him do it. And it was like, and that was a very weird, like, oh, damn, I I hope that that's not what is being perceived from this. So it's kind of nice to hear that, like, you don't see it that way. I think the typical person doesn't. It's just helpful, you know? Yeah. And I think that's where, like, obviously, as Utah gets older, he's able to say, like, this is what I, I want to advocate for other kids that are going through this. Like, or he's now at the age where he can do that. Like, where you're not, you're, if anybody knew you, they'd know you're not a stage mom. Like, you know what I mean? You're not like, yes, perform for the camera, sweetie. Like, that is not Elizabeth at all, everyone. So you're hearing it from me. <laughs> like so whoever thinks that just doesn't know you and yeah, so yeah. people are going to say what they're going to say or interpret sure. it however they want and there's always going to be that but I think that's where even even like do you talk to do you talk to Utah about that when you do receive those types of comments I did actually because I got it when we he decided to post I think he posted on his little Instagram and when we when we get you know comments then we'll look at them together and we saw that one and he was just kind of like that's weird mama like what what's that about Mm. I wanted to do like you didn't force me to do the video so we kind of work through that too and kind of figure out where you know where how he feels and and that kind of thing about it well and that's where I think that again opens up that opportunity of like you're so good this is what I mean you're just so good at communicating with your kids uh like yeah like how does that make you feel when you read that comment like because obviously he was like wait that's not they know when it's not good you know what I mean and so like to be able to get him to talk about what he was feeling and then saying like 
as long as you know it's coming from the right place, people are going to say what people are going to say and you can't control that. Like starting that from the youngest age possible is the best thing that you can do is give kids the confidence to just stay as true as possible to that inner that inner calling and just always say like wait is this who I am no I know that that's not who I am so whatever they have to say is just their perception such a good point yeah so I but I also think like just because I see that in adults that get like because social media wasn't our thing like to start with and so then we had to adapt to it a lot of us are like ooh, validation and so we get hung up on like when we feed into the positive we are equally going to feed into the negative stuff even if it's just like a question we're like what did they mean by that and then we like (laughs) spiral so it's like wait do who do I know to be and it's that whole thing that you taught in body image boot camp of like the one negative thing that we heard in you know 10 years ago that sticks with us more than the hundred positives that you know so true yeah so it's so good that you're able to kind of not only to say like, yeah, that this is how this makes me feel is squidgy. And then like, what do we want to do with that feeling? Right. So not just glossing over it. It's fine. No. Like, how do you feel? And then let's talk about it. So that's really awesome. And then recently Ani was also, um, she was also diagnosed. What is her diagnosis? So her diagnoses are, um, uh, ADD or ADHD, and then sensory processing disorder. And we kind of thought that there might be a little bit of autism in there. Um, so going back to like why or, or my kind of story before being a special ed teacher is I have a sister who's two years younger than me that that um, is autistic. And so growing up as a as an older sister, I was, you know, volunteering for Special Olympics when she was bowling and volunteering mm-hmm. in the life skills classroom in high school and creating a program in, in the little Pflugerville where I live high school <laughs> where they didn't have, you know, yeah. programs for that. And so um, doing things like that and then became a special ed teacher and then had kids and both kids have special needs. And so, yeah, so she has both of those diagnoses and she struggles a lot really kind of the polar opposite of Utah with behavior and, and struggling with being kind to, to other people and not reactionary and scratching mm-hmm. and being upset and that kind of thing where Utah actually is the older brother. He's 11 now and she's six and he um, has struggled with like taking her sort mm-hmm. of bullying him, you know, because he's such a little angel. There is of course his little manipulative side and he's pushing buttons obviously and yeah. you know, getting her to be shitty. And then she is. And then there's this whole thing, of course, sibling stuff, but yeah. um, it, we've had very different struggles with her. Um, and it's, it's super interesting. It's so funny too, because in a lot of ways, she's very much me and mm-hmm. Utah is very much Neil where like, they're both very calm and patient and, um, that kind of thing and Utah uh, and Ani and I are like sassy and in charge and like you know what I mean and so yeah and in a lot of ways she and I have really struggled and really kind of butt heads because we're so alike um so we've kind of come into our own relationship too and um but yeah having those diagnoses for her and having her um like officially inducted into special ed at school has been night and day difference the teachers understand her more which is uh, as a teacher like there's kind of that hard thing of, of when you have, when a kid that has a diagnosis, you obviously understand more about that kid, but there's also that thing of like, and I don't know if I'm going to word this right, but basically 
they're treated a little bit differently as they should be, but also it's kind of hard when you don't have a diagnosis and you're like, I just don't want you to think my kid's a jerk, you know? And that's kind of where we were leading up to when she got her diagnosis in February. And then she finally got them and it was like, so here's what's happening. Here's why, you know? Yeah. Uh, So that's a struggle that I found among parents is like, but I need a diagnosis to be taken seriously, but I don't, you know, it's hard. It's hard. Well, I was going to say, and like, it's so wild how like you had all that, like your sister essentially is the angel that uh, was gifted to to be able to have all these skills before you even had these babies. And like, what a beautiful gift that is that you are able to step in with this patience, with this understanding from the inside out almost to be able to guide your kids through that now um because you've already kind of helped somebody else through the same kind of thing you've advocated for somebody else you like supported and stuff like that so that's like such a such like I'm I think I commented on one of your things I was like you were the perfect angel for your children like like you were gifted the right children because you have the right skill set to be able to be patient enough to empower them to understand that the things that other people might think are weird or wrong about them are actually the things that will make them flourish yeah. in whatever that is. And so Ani's newest, uh, <laughs> I'm like, we're not going anywhere without talking about her pet cockroaches because I was like, when she well, had the videos of in the car, like dry, I was like, what the, <laughs> like, did you ever imagine? Literally just have a beautiful baby girl. Oh my God. <laughs> Dude, I just left my house and they did pest control and I had to explain to the fucking guy like, so by the way, there's some cockroaches over here in this corner in in a cage. So don't spray over there. (laughs) Yeah, we don't want those ones to die. The other ones, you know, of course she would kill me if she knew I was having a pest control guy come. She's at school. Um, Yeah, so man, it's so wild because, you know, everyone in our house and so my sister um, lives with us too. So she has an upstairs, we call it her like apartment because she's got the, you know, big screen tv in the fridge and the whatever so she has her own space and she though is like um she has arachnophobia like it, it is extreme oh, so she's fear. So yeah, yeah right all right right, right. <laughs> so she's got this extreme fucking fear and then all of us neil utah and i are like no no please and so i don't know where Adi has this or got this from jen uh, jen Sledeen, she- people <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. But you know, it's funny, actually, when she was being diagnosed and evaluated, the speech therapist of all people, she doesn't need speech therapy, but the amazing speech therapist gave me this whole rundown. And we had like an hour long conversation about Ani. And she was like, I really think that she's got this bug thing, this insect thing, because, you know, Utah's the older brother and he is praised for this and this and this. And she came in as the younger sibling and she can teach people about this and she can be a helper. And I, and, and I see it like, she's like, mm. mama, I taught you to not be afraid. Of course I won't touch them, but I'll be near her when she's holding them, you know? <laughs> but like, she'll very often say, I'll, I'll teach you not to be afraid of bugs or I'll help you not. And so she's got this very much like, that's her little purpose is to to help people not smush and bugs and, and be afraid of them. Let's and that's release exactly them. what Jen does. Like our yes. friend, our mutual friend, Jen Swedeen, who will probably get on the podcast at some point. Yes. Yes. Um, she also, she went to school for bugs, uh, entomology or whatever it's called. And so yep. like, she has helped me not be afraid of spiders as much. I mean, I'm still not like, yes, I love to my house, but yeah. I'm like, I will not 
whack you with a book. Right. Instead, I will put a cup and a paper and take yes, you outside. Yes, and walk like, outside. Yes, yes. It's so I can, I'm able to care more for the insects instead of just like, yeah, being absolutely like, Wah! yes, <laughs> that's absolutely where I was too. And so now all of us in the house, if we see something, it's Ani, you know, come and get she, the bucket. And probably outside. like lights her up. A billion percent. She comes running and she's like, yeah, I'm here, you know, and she's like ready. And so, of course, then we have to like talk her into releasing it and not wanting to keep it. But man, she is wild. But that also is like some of the, like, I think it was before her diagnosis, like um, that you would always post videos of her. I think there was a bird once that she was like <laughs> trying to hang on to. But like, she's like Snow White. Like oh, bugs really? and animals just like are attracted to her, right? Totally. Like she it came and it like... got me over the summer because she found a mouse that was hurt. Like we think maybe a bird caught it and dropped it and whatever, like a baby tiny little or it might have been a rat actually but like she, yeah she's totally <laughs> snow white and like sure she gets her tetanus shots and she'll be fine. oh my gosh it is funny though like we have to be careful because she when she was th she's six now when she was three she saw a bug and I didn't know what it was I should have been more careful and we were out at my like dad's farm and it was like crawling all over and whatever she's a tiny and she's just loving it come to find out it was an assassin bug it stung her oh, and she and they they like say that I was like gonna go to the ER I didn't know what to, I had Jen on FaceTime and and they say that like for adults they describe the pain to be like an eight out of a 10 for an adult. <laughs> so Ani was freaked out, was yeah. crying for an hour straight. We were like, do we take her to the hospital? Whatever. We figured out that we didn't really need to just ice it, whatever. And so we were all thinking like, that's totally going to dampen her bug fear. I mean, her bug, you know, create yeah, that's what I'd be like. <laughs> natural consequence of like, okay, they bite. I should stay away. No, not at all. Like just immediately, like we've had to explain the, the fuzzy caterpillars could be dangerous. We can't tell, you know, yeah oh man it's what is it like what a wild adventure but yeah it's so funny so if anybody uh like yeah the videos you post are hilarious because you'll like there's a cockroach in like a barbie car that'll drive by <laughs> like you would think that you know like at this age it would be like dolls or things oh, like yeah. that and she's oh, got yeah. her like fun little hissing cockroaches oh my god and she's got 15 now and then she has um they're called uh i think they're called rainbow something isopods and they look like uh uh, roly polies, but they they don't roll up, and they're tiny, and they eat the poop of the cockroaches, and it's this whole habit <laughs> circle of life. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, but oh it's like, gosh. but that's but that's amazing because like even though you're like, don't like that, don't touch me with that, you still embrace and celebrate, and you found a way to uh, like help her see that that is her strength. That is her power that she's like the one that can come save the day and like like she is fearless essentially yes. um yeah. which is terrifying for you as a parent but <laughs> but but like that like to be able to put aside your own terror yeah. <laughs> essentially yeah. or like discomfort with bugs instead you're like okay we're going yeah. to learn about bugs like yes. you, it seems and that's something that I, I've been from the outside looking in that's what I see is like when you're presented with we'll call it an obstacle <laughs> like something like that that's out of the norm that you at first you probably feel a little like shit like you know that feeling of um I don't there might be a bit of grief almost in yes. there 
um or like oh no because it's going away that you didn't expect like um disappointment and like i know no parent ever wants to say that they're disappointed that these things happen but i mean it's a true human emotion that happens yeah because when you have kids i would assume you have an expectation for the most part you everyone knows that it goes to shit in the first like 24 hours but but you have an expectation of what not just the moment that you have them but also the rest of their life is going to look like for the most part like are they going to be safe are they going to be healthy are they going to be productive will they be teased i I remember having the feeling when you was first diagnosed with with the uh, tourette's and i was like he wants to be a vet a veterinarian is he going to be the town funny joke uh, the little ticking vet you know like where he's making all these fucking noises and squeaking and whatever and like all of these crazy things going through my mind and i'm like but if anything He'll probably be the coolest vet around and people want to come to him because he does that kind of stuff, you know, but I had to get there of like mourning it and and grieving the idea of what it could be, you know? And I think that's where your blog was like super powerful was you let us into that insight so that even again, while I don't necessarily have kids or will go through that, any, like there are things that I get disappointed in, like seeing you talk about it gives permission to other people to be okay to feel disappointed but work through it yeah. um and kind of like again you're very good this is a teacher this is a teacher in you right is you're very yeah. good at role modeling everything yes. that you do you're not just like do the thing you do it and then you're like this is what we're doing yes. um and i appreciate that so much about you because it's you don't just do that for your kids which is awesome because they're going to grow up to be super like relatively confident children because it all starts in their childhood which is amazing but now you also do that for your clients and the women basically anyone you meet I think oh right like I just think about even body image boot camp like that first year that you came that was when I really got to know you but like you have this like way of helping people feel seen um and radically included which Mm. is uh really powerful i remember we had to do that stupid eye gazing thing remember soul gazing (laughs) that was like the second year i was like you've never done this you're gonna love it (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah that was that was intense i love that that radical inclusion I love that so much. But I think you have like this, I don't know if it's a strength or like a skill set that you have or whatever, but you just have like so much compassion for people. Um, How's that ever bitten you in the ass? Oh, man. (laughs) The short short answer is yes, right? Like, of course. Um, But gosh, I mean, I think as I've uh, grown and and become a mom and just gotten older and learned about things like, um, boundaries. And the reason I know those so, um, well now is I actually started going to Al-Anon, which is a, a, um, a support group for family and friends of alcoholics and addicts and really of just like dysfunction. And so I started going to Al-Anon in, gosh, it was 2013. And, um, and in Al-Anon, we are very much taught about like, you know, um, codependency, what that, what that actually is. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people kind of think it's, it's not, they think it's what it is, but it's not. And then, um, like boundaries and like, no is a complete sentence and stuff like that. And so I think that like, 
speaking of business, I used to kind of take on jobs that I maybe didn't love or didn't want to do. And I was maybe wanting to like specialize in boudoir and I would be, but a friend wants to do this. And, and I would kind of be, you know, the compassion part of me would be like, oh, but shoot, they're really stuck and they, they really need help. And, and so in a lot of ways, I was like doing the codependent thing of like being a martyr and overextending myself and not saying no when I really wanted to. And so, man, that Al-Anon program helped me so much with like being neutral about things too, right? It's all about neutrality. It's so interesting. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that it's definitely bitten me in the ass, but over time I've realized like the things that I do need to do to take care of myself, not overextend myself, not over, you know, not over offer basically or agree. Um, and that has been incredibly helpful. And I think too, that's like, that again is all about communication, which is something like you've had to hone obviously with your kids and things like that. Um, but not just your kids, but also for your kids. So like in asking for needs to be met, um, which for somebody that gives out a lot of compassion, it can be very hard to ask for things in return without feeling, if you're like me, feeling like an inconvenience yes. uh, and you don't want to burden people with it, but now it's not about you. It's about yeah. your kids. Um, so what was that process like for you, like having to go in and say, okay, but like, here's actually, if you want this to be a success, like, did you just figure out a way to deliver it? That was a bit more in their benefit for, <laughs> or for, my, for my kids at school. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also kind of interesting because I used to teach at this school, right? Oh, so okay. Right so before, they know you. Yes. So right before I had Utah, I was huge and pregnant and I was having him, I ended up having him three weeks later. That's when I uh, resigned and quit. And so like, oh. he's been there since before he was born. Okay, cool. And so, but there's also that like really hard part of, okay, I used to work there, they know me. Mm. So I feel like I can be like, Hey, this is what we need. And I know what, what we are allowed to have and legally yep. and all that. But then with Ani, there was this other shitty side of, oh my God, my kid is wreaking havoc. Havoc. I'm embarrassed mm. and I'm ashamed and I'm supposed to be this special ed mom teacher yeah. and I have the really hard kid that's mm. getting referrals and getting taken out of the class or having the class taken out to move away from her. And, and she's this little tiny thing, but she's, she's spicy. Yes, you know, and yeah. so there is that piece of it too. So with Ani in Utah, the, the experiences, and of course, like, you know, that your kids are different, you know, the experience is gonna be different, you know that, but you don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> and so because in, in your mind, you still think, well, like, they came from the same two parents, and they can't, or in it my case, it can't be that different, right? <laughs> but they are. And so um, that has been an interesting kind of thing to navigate. And I actually, um, speaking of Jen Swedeen, she hired a parent coach a couple years ago and we were knee deep in like the issues with Ani. She had just started kindergarten. This was in November. She had started in like end of July or August because they go year round. And we, and she was getting referrals and all of this stuff. And so Jen mentioned her parent coach. And at this time, Ani didn't have any diagnoses yet. And, um, and so I hired this parent coach and it has been incredibly helpful in me stepping away from that and going like, but like, they aren't me. Mm. They, are, they are mine. They, but they are their mine. own little human. Yes. Yes. And if Ani has a bad day at school and gets a referral, that's Ani. Yeah. That's not. That doesn't mean that I'm a bad parent. And like, that was huge. And it's, 
so easy to know that, but then to really know that and believe it, that's a daily choice that I have to make. And so that's so powerful. Yeah. Cause a lo- like yeah. if people don't go, don't go through the steps of hiring outside, yeah. like outsourcing or, cause that's the thing too, especially like people socialize as women, you are deaf as a mother, you're taught not to, you should know how to do this. Yes. Like this, you should know exactly what to do. And yeah. so like to the, just the act of going outside of yourself to ask for help is there's a barrier to that already um so it's good it's good to have friends like jen who are like fuck uh societal rules it doesn't (laughs) even matter this is what we need to do to get the outcome that i want it's going to happen um and then yeah and then you can see the results and then recognize like yeah maybe that is something but like i can imagine that that would have been really hard like there would have been even doing that would have been like am i a bad mom Kind of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, am I a failure? And, and so there is that. Um, but then there's also like this parent coach specifically is like incredible. They're like, no, you're fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, no, it takes a village. And yes. I, think, I think that's the thing that like, obviously Western culture has like disseminated immensely is that there is no culture. Uh, there is no village to help us raise or help unless we go seek it out now. Um, but then we're shamed for it. Yeah. Right. So I'm glad that you were able to find that with, if you, um, would you be willing to share that information so I can put in the, I'll just put in the show notes for anybody that's interested in looking. Um, yeah. 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 And then, so after you did hire that, that parent coach, um, and just got permission to understand that you are you, Ani is Ani, and she has Mm -hmm. her own needs and wants and desires that are separate from yours. Yeah. So what, what changed in your relationship then between you and Ani as soon as you kind of came around to that idea? Um, I think I, you know what, I think I let go of a lot of expectations that I had of her and I saw her as a little person more so. And of course she's getting a little older as time goes by. Right. And so we're, I'm able to understand her as a person more um, and she can communicate better and all of that. And then of course we get the diagnosis, but I think like um, it allowed me to, I think, I don't know if this is just a me thing. Cause I think Neil feels this way too, but like as a parent, it's this weird phenomena of like, when something happens, actually, it's when something bad happens, you go, okay, that's how it's going to be now. Ah. Like, okay, when Utah was a baby and he had a really hard time, like there's like this sleep regression thing that happens with babies where they're like at nine months, they're awake all night and whatever. And so I remember being in that moment when he would like be awake almost all night. And I'd be like, okay, so now this is happening forever. Like you're so knee deep in it. And so then you're like future tripping and going like, but this is forever. Okay. I'm never going to be able to sleep again. Da, 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 da. And it's the same thing with Ani of like, okay, she got another referral. And then again today, and now they're calling me again to pick her up early three days in a row, two weeks in a row. And it, when you're in the moment, it's okay, this is forever. Now, now here's what she's doing. Mm. And, and I think that I have to constantly, that doesn't go away. It's just like body image. You have to constantly make a choice to, to work on it. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like 
two days, you know, and I have a lot of friends, mom friends that I vent to of like, I get the the notes home of how she's doing and oh my God, it was an awful day today. And so I send it to them and they kind of commiserate. And I do that. I spiral a little bit and then I have to go, okay, it's just today. We all make mistakes. Mm. We've got a brand new fresh day tomorrow. And I tell her all these things, but I'm actually telling me. Too, yeah. Right? So I don't know where I was going with that, but I think, um, that's one thing that I have to remember. And one thing that's, that's helpful with my relationship with her is going like, this is just one day of our life. This is not, um, defining who you are. And because you had a bad day at school and you scratched a little girl for, this is just yesterday. She scratched a little girl at school for covering up the roly poly hole that she was digging at at recess. (laughs) (laughs) The little girl can look back and laugh at this. And so she scratched and she even told me, Mama, I said, No, don't stop. Please don't Mm. stop. She said, I told her multiple times. She says the word multiple times. (laughs) And so we have to reframe it and go, But gosh, you know, that is so frustrating. And in that moment, you have to go get Miss Manuel and have her help you, you know? And so, but I have to tell myself, like, this isn't forever. And, Mm. And, but it seems so duh like that seems so easy but it's not man I don't like I said I don't know if it's just me or me and Neil or like a parent thing but it's really hard to get out of that to be fair when I was I'm not shitting you when I was in the four days with those kids I knew I knew Saturday I would go home but yes. day one I lit after the that night after having feet in my face and like yes. not and like not I don't even know what happened. It it's, was not you were good. touched out. You were touched yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. And the next day I was like, oh my God, I have to do the same yes. fucking Again. thing every day. Like yes. I literally was like, I don't like this. Like it was almost you like see? a depression and you check yes. the fuck out. And I, there were I knew I was going home. Yeah. I, you I knew you like, were gonna clock out. You knew you were gonna clock out. Yeah. I so I was like, oh. Me. Yeah. So I was like, I need to offer help more often to people that have kids because that is not a great place to be mentally. Like Ryan came to visit me on like day three and I was like, don't fucking touch me. (laughs) And he's like, oh, I missed you. I'm like, do not. I have not showered. I don't even know the last time I peed and I have not slept for two days. And I was like, I just do the same thing every day. Yes. Yes. Remind (laughs) me how old they are. Well, at that time they were three under three. So oh, there was three God. kids under three. No. Yeah. And I no. thought I was supposed to have help. <laughs> and then I didn't. So oh, I was like, uh. but yeah. like, but I knew like consciously, I knew I would be going home on Saturday, but when I was in it, That's I was thing. like, this is forever. You're in and it. So I, I you felt that. Yeah. And I was like, this is the best thing I could have done to have empathy for people that have kids because I, in that sh- very short amount of time, I saw how quickly you get sucked oh my into God. that world. Oh my God. It's imagine. Wild. But imagine that when like you didn't want kids and now in my country and in my state specifically, y- you have to have, you the have to do that. And you're like, and for, I mean, for babies that are emotionally unregulated, like that's the thing. Oh my God. These poor babies that have oh my to go God. through it. Yeah. Totally. It's, it's unreal. It's it, like that kind of stuff is so frustrating because like, yeah, you definitely have the patience and the skill set. And, and I don't so always fucking hard. And I don't fucking always. You know what? Ani had one of her big cockroaches. No, it was a littler one this time. She had the big one out, put the big one back. The big one is named Daddy. 
And then she brought the little <laughs> one out, who is broccoli. So she had broccoli out and she had them playing in this little um, dollhouse, like this really cute little doll that honestly I bought for myself and they're allowed to play with because yeah. it's beautiful and adorable. But she's like put, putting broccoli in the little crib and it's this tiny little dollhouse. And I, for just a minute, it's after school and I close my eyes on the chair next to her and kind of, you know, nap a little bit or whatever. Yeah. And five minutes later, she comes up to me and she's like, look at this little paper I folded. And I was like, oh my God, it's so cute. And then I said, oh, but where's broccoli? And she was like, oh yeah. So broccoli. Okay. I don't know where the fuck broccoli is. I don't know that she put broccoli in the crib. Mm. She doesn't remember that. Broccoli's now missing and I am losing my shit because if broccoli's missing, that means that I'm going to bed that night with a loose cockroach that could crawl. I mean, realistically, like think of how awful this is, right? Well, TK, so when I was in Korea, I had a cockroach on oh. my cheek. I woke up in the middle of the night yeah. with a big fucking cockroach on my cheek. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, I but you know, like the weekend of, yeah. You're done. You're done. I slept so, with the lights on. It's not good. So yeah. Oh my God. So we're Terry and I'm, I'm screaming and I'm like, oh my God, Ani, I'm losing my mind. She's crying, feels so bad for getting in trouble, for losing broccoli, her friend, for all of these things. And we're lifting up the chair and I'm calling Neil and I'm like, Neil, I need you to come home. I mean, you know, it was just like this whole thing. Like chaos. Yeah. Yes. Complete chaos. Utah needs to go to piano lessons, whatever. And so I'm like, all right, well, we can't find broccoli after spending 10 full minutes with flashlights and lifting up the chairs and doing all the things. Never found fucking broccoli, okay? I go to bed that night, broccoli's loose. Two days later, my mom happens to come over to watch the kids while I have a shoot. And um, I get home from the session, sit down, and Ani's playing and like, oh no, Utah and Ani are both playing with the dollhouse. Utah lifts up the blanket off of the crib and broccoli's in the crib. <laughs> he's been in the crib for 48 hours he hasn't fucking moved <laughs> so yeah so there you go it's never it's not always patience and lovey and so what happened so how do you after that like do you do you after you have because it's in it's impossible not to let's be honest you're gonna snap people snap all the time so like afterwards because i would because i know your strength but also you would feel bad about reacting that way right like i always say when we let ourselves go over that that line like we know that we're unchecked like emotional regulation is out the window at this point so you just have to like let it go do the thing but then when you your critical thinking can come back online it's like oh fuck when i when that happened recently and we brought utah to piano and then we came back home broccoli was still missing and i'd had some time to cool off as hard as it is for me because i'm also like a perfectionist and i have a really hard time admitting things are wrong or whatever Mm -hmm. i've worked really really hard on apologizing and like addressing things and so I did with Ani this is before broccoli's found this is like you know an Mm. hour after missing and I just said you know I I want you to know I'm really sorry that I yelled um and I and I really freaked out about broccoli being missing um because it scares me that he's in the house and I don't know where he is Mm. and she was like it's okay mama Or, or I think she said um thank you mama is what she said she didn't say it's okay because I've kind of made it a point to to, to change the wording with that yes yeah, that's because it's not okay it wasn't okay that I yelled at her and that, I mean I it happened but it certainly wasn't nice and it didn't feel good for anybody involved and yeah. so um so I've made it a point to kind of own up to 
my irrational or not irrational, but like my, my blow ups or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And so, and you know, it, it's same with modeling. It's happened with both. I've overseen and overheard them do that too, of where Ani will apologize to Utah or the other way around. And sorry, Bubba, I, you know, I got yeah. really upset or it would, there was one really cool thing that happened a couple of weeks ago because Ani and Utah had a fight where Utah was in one of those, God, I felt it to my core. I've been this mad where you're so mad that you're just, you're crying and you're like shrieking. Oh, sad. that like where your whole, oh my God, it's heavy in your whole yes. chest and stomach. Yes. It's the desperate mm. crying of like, you're not getting it kind of thing. Yeah. And I just overheard it. And, um, the, the few days later we were kind of talking about it in the car. I don't remember how it came up, but Ani actually said, cause he was, she was, he was doing that crying thing and she was laughing, oh. sitting right there and laughing. And, and so we were in the car and it was like, that's the worst thing you can do, you know? Yeah. And she, she finally explained, she said, you know what, Bubba, do you want to know why I was laughing? I'm sorry. I was laughing at you, but do you want to know why? And he was like, why? And she said, your face looked so funny. <laughs> and it's so true like mm -hmm. imagine what we look like or like our face is contorted well, it's the ugly cry right weird. like the yes. yeah yes and she really meant it like it looked weird it looked funny and I couldn't stop laughing because it looked so silly you know and that was really helpful for for Utah to hear to go okay you weren't laughing at me and what I was feeling you were laughing at the visual you know that kind of thing and so that I was really helpful yeah. And I think too, like with Ani, like I, like from what I understand, like she doesn't have as much of that empathy piece to, or, or not empathy isn't the word, but to purposefully like feel, feel what people are feeling. So like when, yeah. when Utah is crying like that, her brain doesn't go to like, oh my God, he's like, that's so sad for him. Yes. Like her heart is just looking factually like what yeah. is the, what is the context of the like yeah. she doesn't see the yeah. context that's actually it yes. and she just sees what is right in front of her in that it's, moment yeah. which would be like look at the silly face he's making yes. like not realizing that there is like a context to that oh my thing. gosh totally yeah totally. so interesting so like yeah and as they get older like that's a good way for Utah to understand like however she reacts to him isn't out of malicious behavior but that's his interpretation yes. of how people are reacting to him yes. so that'll actually be a good a good gift for him yeah. to to he can if he can do that with her like understand like however she reacts to him is not like intentionally mean most right. of the time I'm sure so right. they're still oh, siblings yeah. so yes. yes but like so when other people do that to him, he might just be like, oh, they probably just think my face is funny. Yes. You know, yes. and so he'll be able to objectively look at yeah. that instead and of take it personally. I've been able to explain to him because so I am um, neurotypical, you know, and everyone in my house is neurodiverse. So Neil has ADD. All, both of my kids do. Emily has. So um, I, I learned about rejection sensitivity and God, does that make sense? Like with Neil and Utah now too I'm already noticing and so I've been able to explain what that is to Utah and so like he is understanding now my rejection sensitivity too when Ani is saying no I don't want to sit by you go away mm. she's just having boundaries and it doesn't mean that she hates me or I'm bad yeah right there's that other level of kind of understanding that part of his ADD diagnosis of that's what that is 
Yeah, and I think this just goes right back to the very first thing we were talking about is that education leads to empowerment. Mm -hmm. And like that is one of the coolest things that you and Neil probably both do is like take the time, even if it's afterwards, to educate on what has happened and how can we make this better? What can we do differently? Um, And looking at it, and I wonder why we did that. Like curiosity is also like a big aspect of it, um, which leads to the education piece of like, well, let's learn more. And maybe that will help us be able to know how to control it. But it's interesting because like one of the things that you said that really stuck with you from Body Image Bootcamp was the body neutrality stuff. Like that has been like really like solid for you um, and something you could like hang your hat on, so to speak. And like objectivity is just that. And like, that's literally what you're instilling in your kids with boundaries. Like it's not personal when this happens. It's not about you when they this like because of like who they are and that's going to make them so strong I think and it's the coolest thing ever and I think even if like people's kids aren't neurodiverse they this is like the skill that needs to be taught is like it's not always about you (laughs) right and like they're this is just their way of reacting to you as you are you can take that however you want it what outcome do you want for yourself yeah right and I think that's really really cool um so we didn't talk too much about your boudoir and your business or things like that but I mean it's literally the same kind of stuff I assume you work with your your clients on is the same setting like how to set boundaries um not just for you in the business but also helping them to give themselves permission to do things and things like that. So do you see an overlap between the work you do at home and the work you do with your clients? Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of times um, people that come to do a photo shoot there, and most of the time, at least for me, their initial reason is this is a gift for someone else. It's my, you know, fiance's, you know, groom's gift or like a birthday or an or anniversary or whatever and what they realize as we really start going it's like that's what gets them in the door so that's fine but once they get here and they're like we're planning and we're actually doing the shoot and everything they totally realize like this is so totally for me and like they'll enjoy it if I want to share it with them yeah if they're lucky enough right but like this is so totally for me and that's not only okay it's great and so I found um among women and just moms especially we have a really really hard time spending money on ourselves and investing in in just ourselves and so like if it is a uh, you know if our if our niece needs a whatever or our kid needs this or our best friend or our husband needs a whatever we'll do whatever it takes to get it done but when it's just for us we usually don't and so a lot of times it does it takes you like well it's for this reason Mm. that's why I'm doing the shoot and so Um, that's one thing that's been interesting is like teaching that, like, yeah, your partner will love it, but you are totally able to do this. And I can't tell you how many single women I've had that like, they're doing it for them, which I love. They're further along in the process and in the journey of knowing it's for them. Um, but yeah, that's one thing that's, that I've found that's pretty interesting just from like, even a marketing uh, standpoint of how do we, how do we get them to get into the door at least to understand that they can do this? Yeah. Um, You know? Yeah. And I think that's like so important for people just to understand like they are, 
they are worthy of it. But I think that again, you create this environment and the space and I'm in your Facebook group. So I also see kind of how you interact with people, but it's that same radical inclusion that I talked about before, where when clients come to you, like you do celebrate their unique uh, like the unique things that they want to celebrate, whatever, whether that's about their body or a wardrobe item or like some item that they want to bring in or whatever, but you're able to see them yeah. just like you do with your kids. And that's like such an amazing gift for people to be able to experience that from people, which is why like we talk all day, every day about like boudoir is life-changing, but yeah. like until you do it, you don't know what it's like to actually be seen by someone, but that's also kind of scary oh gosh yes right or it's very vulnerable a hundred percent that's it to be like but will you leave me or will you laugh at me if I show you this part of my body or yeah. will you do this thing and or, so um, or will I be the one that it like yes that all breaks of the camera people, yeah will I be the one that it doesn't work with I can't mm. tell you how many people think that it's like all these be women are beautiful, but they already were and I'm not. So like, how can you really make that happen for me? You know? Yeah. It's such a, uh, such a, it's such good work, but such hard work sometimes Yes, to yes. help people understand that aspect of it. But I think it requires that same dedication and diligence and patience to understand that yeah like that's why the, you're so good in your Facebook community it's like yeah I get that you're not ready to come in right now but you can still be uplifted you yeah. can still be empowered just by being in the sphere and we will accept yeah. you as you are here and then if you're ready to do a photo shoot yeah. then you can uh, I just come call it I call it like come in and marinate like just marinate in this like amazing yeah. you know nirvana of women being cool yeah. where we don't usually have that um and then we'll go from there you know no pressure yeah, just see where it takes you kind of thing and I I really think that's like something that is desperately needed definitely on the internet but um <laughs> but also yeah it's just really cool to be part of so um maybe if you're we could share the link uh, with people if they want to if you're in the, obviously if you're in the area for a well you know bit. what's so funny is I've had so many people fly from all over oh, never had, mind just totally. click, just click the link and join your group the link. oh my gosh I had a um I, I do zoom, zoom consultations and I had one with a woman in Sweden a couple weeks ago it was like oh, oh I know oh, you should be so, like how about you fly me to Sweden I know let me go there yeah yeah, yeah that would be way more fun okay cool so then yeah well, anybody anywhere in the world yes. then you can join <laughs> the group and you can ooze in you can ooze in the goodness yes. of Elizabeth's group um before I let you go is there anything else you think would be pertinent to share Share about the power of compassionate parenting or the power of boudoir or body image or whatever man you know what I think that number one they're already in the right place because they're listening to a Terry Hofford podcast <laughs> um, and I mean truly like I oh, think man. there's been such a shift in my understanding of myself and then it's trickled down to my parenting um but because of what you've helped me with I'm not just saying that because I'm on your podcast like I will tell anyone oh. um that they need to be you know somehow involved with you or you need to be involved in their lives somehow mm -hmm. um so that for sure has been incredibly helpful um I think just like getting around the stigma of of only sharing the good parts and uh, I mean, and I'm not talking about like taking a selfie of yourself crying in the hospital or whatever, 
whatever it is. Like we don't have to be cheeky <laughs> and like the stage mom piece, but yeah. let's tear away the like idea that we need to be this perfect person and share and and inspire others to know that not only they don't need to share about themselves, but like they know that they're not alone and that mm. everybody struggles and that there's not any perfect person or relationship or kid or whatever you know um like being human is complex as shit like like as much as you honor those good positive feelings we also have to honor the other stuff because that leads us to the good stuff like that tells you when you're not doing or being or existing where you want to be existing so it gives you a guiding light to move somewhere else so you need to honor this is something that i've had to learn but whatever (laughs) (laughs) feelings yeah don't like it (laughs) so important but that's also but part of that has been like watching you own that has also helped me that way so it's like a give and take which is really cool it's so funny because you say you're so against feelings but you have made me feel so many ways and it's like i'm good at telling other people you're good at (laughs) that's true i just am like oh what's that feeling let's go buy something online you know what'd be good right now a bologna sandwich you yes. know like like yes. food and shopping are my two distraction yep. techniques yep. which I... i'm working on now which is good but like i definitely have realized like i wrote a, i did a self-portrait and i'm and it was about anger i had to express anger and i was like hmm i think anger is very inconvenient <laughs> and i was like oh that's probably not good like yeah. <laughs> i was like so what does that mean i haven't been feeling it and then uh, I was, was in awesome. uh, Coco Rocha's model camp and she's like, okay, now you need to be angry. And I was like, well, I know what being angry pretends like, you know, like, oh, like yeah. whatever. But I was like, I don't know what it, it what it actually feels like because wow. I never let myself actually feel it because I'm afraid of it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So that's oh, been a fun wow. thing to learn for myself. <laughs> that's a big one. Yeah. Ooh. So we're trying to feel angry more often now, which I'm like, yeah. is that good? And that's actually really true though. When I think of you, I don't, I don't know of any time that you've, I don't know. I mean, angry about um, things that like movement. Like things, yeah. I was like, things piss me off and like advocacy work. I get fired up about fired up. Like fired up. Yeah. but that's the thing is I don't stay I don't let myself stay at just being mad because I as a good kid you are not the mad one like my sister that speaking of siblings and like yeah. complete opposites my sister is a complete opposite of me in that way in that my sister was the one we called her Taz like after the Tasmanian devil because yeah. like she yeah. flies off the hand like would always fly not so much sure. now but she'd fly sure. off the handle so I was and get in trouble so I was right. like, oh, I don't want to be in trouble. I'm not doing that. I yeah. want to do the complete opposite, which is just like stuff that down with some food and uh, not feel anything at all until the last like three years. Um, uh, and when I'm like, okay, I think we could start feeling things again. <laughs> gosh. Yeah. I so get that being a middle child of a rebellious brother yeah. that was 
dropping out and running away. And my sister who had special needs, who mm. needed so much, I had to be the good one and the perfect one. And yeah. The and so it's like, like her. sadness and anger are very inconvenient to have as a good kid. Sure. And so, yeah. So that's why I start. That's why I do binge eat. And that's why I do all that. I don't shop as much now. So that one's been nipped in the bud, which is good. Wow. I'm impressed. A bit. Okay. <laughs> more than before for sure okay. like I definitely or I do I do less now like yeah. within the last month though because it was the end of my studio like I'm letting go of my studio oh, yeah. today's the last day actually I have to hand in my keys today that it's been a lot of stress because of that or sadness or like be, like you know grieving I'm grieving sure. it yeah. um and stuff like that and so I've noticed that my shopping has <laughs> been increasing but I'm aware of it now okay you know what I mean so I'm able to recognize the patterns and instead before I wouldn't even do that I would just shop and be like oh no I'm poor you know oh yeah (laughs) now I can see I'm like okay why are we buying this like I can I'm being very cognizant of that and then I also make sure to look at my bank account every day yeah Oh, but yeah, yeah, so it's just like it's a lot. It's just like body image. It's like a long process of like, okay, I recognize that this is happening. What, let's look at why it's happening. How are we feeling surrounding the happening? Yes. And then when we start to feel that way, what is something else we can do? The redirection, right? Okay. So yeah, so that's kind of helped that way. So now I'm doing it with that, and then food, food as well. So yeah. Yeah. yeah so now I gotta feel things yay right right exactly <laughs> exactly yeah oh my so. gosh so that's we'll save that one that whole thing for another talk though <laughs> I feel this one we could talk on a lot yeah oh absolutely totally <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for being on the podcast Elizabeth you are awesome uh where can people find you or what is the best way for people to find you um my my business name is Torrid Boudoir T-O-R-R-I-D B-O-U-D-O-I-R not connected with the clothing company. I found out about their amazing clothes after I started my business. Um, so tourboudoir.com, um, same thing on Instagram. TikTok is kind of more, I feel like I treat it more like a personal with Ani's cockroach videos or whatever. So <laughs> you can find us on there if you want to see Ani's roaches. Um, and then the group I will share with you, it's the self-love club um, uh, with Tori Boudoir in there as well. So Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Hopefully uh, this is beneficial for all the parents out there, but not even not the parents, like even the aunts and uncles. It's also helpful for us to know um, how we can support our people. Right. I think, or just appreciate people for who they are instead of trying to turn them into someone they're not, Um, which is a big, uh, obviously something I really enjoy. So yes, absolutely. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you.